<laughs> Great guy. I think you missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, very, very esteemed quarterback. One of the best to come out of Burlington, honestly. I, th- I feel like I can say that. Um, and just to start everything off, I wanted to talk to you about how what your recruiting process was like, because I know back in the day, I think you were the number one or number two recruit in the country, I believe. Uh, so tell me about how the recruiting process first started for you. Um, originally, it was you know interesting for sure. The uh, originally I was looking at uh, heading down south um, just to play across the border, um, and then once I got to that you know end of grade eleven, uh, twelve area, I I decided to you know make this just stay up here and, and play Canadian ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was you know a bunch of schools across Ontario and then across Canada. Um, not really any interest down south. It's kind of it's tough for a Canadian kid to kind of break that uh, that barrier, but. Sure especially being up here, but, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was interesting for sure. It's definitely a learning experience. You know, when you have guys calling your house and you have, um, you know, people showing up at practice and all this kind of stuff. Right. So that was, that was interesting for sure. And it's definitely something that, uh, it open, opens your eyes to the, the football world of, of recruiting and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, being a coach at Laurie and, uh, Western last year, um, you really see it and it, it starts to make sense. So it's really, uh, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely something that uh, uh, you look back on and you kind of see as an experience and something that uh, that helps build you as a as a person for sure. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And uh, during that whole process, did you enjoy the recruiting process, or was it just kind of like these guys are constantly calling me twenty four seven, like leave me the hell alone? Yeah, it was. It was, it was different. It was like sometimes um, it was is good, and sometimes it wasn't because you know some of the. Some schools would call you maybe that you're not interested in as much, and I'm sure a lot of guys now can that are are getting actively recruited now they they'll tell you that schools that are definitely not interested in they'll still call you in that until you finally say you know I've narrowed it down to these schools or whatnot and they maybe and they may they call you late at night and they may not know the uh, like a young recruiter or someone like that they may not know um, the time frame but uh, I think when you're getting recruited as a as a high school kid you it's pretty special. You feel kind of like you're you're gifted in some way, right? So that uh, that's definitely a, uh, it was cool that way. And I, you know, looking back on it, I think it was, I think it was pretty pretty killer, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a process for sure. And Matt Jackson, I'm sure you can really speak to that too, right? Oh yeah, recruiting's borderline <laughs> stalking. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, even even myself, I'm, I'm trying to uh, do some stuff with the Burlington Stampeders, and I went over to a camp today, and you feel really weird because it's like, yeah, you're literally, you have no other ties to the camp here at all. You're just here to watch kids who are at least 10 years younger than you play football. Yeah. Uh, I feel pretty weird about this. I can only imagine how everybody else feels. It, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's something to do with, the, with um, the whole recruiting process. It's like, you know, a lot of times – you know, a lot of times kids don't, they're either nervous to get recruited as well, or they'll, they'll put on a show. Yeah. You know, so if a kid sees you uh, there, and, you know, maybe he wants to play stand or play at the next level, whatever it is, and he sees a coach staring at him with a, a clipboard or all the gear on, that kind of thing, the kid might be have might be deer in the headlights, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. But it's definitely, it's definitely weird when they send, when you get whole coaching staff out and stuff like that. It's kind of a, it's definitely interesting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a couple of times where it was like, um, I, I appreciate the fact that you want me here, but I, I don't need to see the DB coach. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to talk to him ever in my career. So you can just keep him at home. Just bring me the O-line coach, maybe the head coach, and that's about it. 
well, that's just it, right? That's just it. <laughs> I remember actually, it's funny when I was going to Laurier, I was trying to be a D lineman, right? And I remember they sat yeah. me down with one of the O line coaches. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? What are you, what are you guys trying to pull? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right away they're like either a they don't got the uh, their position right or they just uh, right away you know it's like well they're switching me. yeah <laughs> this is your plan buddy yeah. too bad <laughs> and so obviously uh, you talk about getting recruited going all over the place um, what was it that finally made you set on Western uh, the big day came down to Mac and Western and both it was you know I had the whiteboard out and I had essentially a, a T chart with positives and negatives that's really what it came down to um and I, it just sold me my whole my whole family went to Western, mm-hmm. and it was just you know both had great tradition tradition both had great coaching staffs both had a similar uh, scenario as far as the, the quarterback who's there currently there's, there's Quinlan at Mac and then there's um, Donnie Marshall at Western there, but um, it kind of came down to everyone was my whole family is at Western and my sister was currently there. Oh she wow! Was, I'm, I'm, and I was really close. You know, I still am really close with her too. So that's. That was kind of a selling, you know, feature just to go there and know I have someone that I can kind of call and just go and see her and that kind of thing, right? So, yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, you made a pretty good choice. Uh, you guys were what two-time Yacht Cup champions when you were there? Uh, we only won one when I was there. We we were in another one when I was all uh, I was conked out. But that's uh, right. That's lost right. To, lost to Guelph, which is a but still it was uh um you've had unbelievable success there you've been an oua mvp second team all canadian i think you should have been a first team but that's just me me too man <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so but the other thing is and like you like you just kind of mentioned there was you know you had uh some trouble with injuries um yep. now and i'm not saying you know any kind of negativity towards western by any means but do you feel that like the way that they uh would call plays would with, with you doing like quarterback powers or things like that do you think that uh attributed to you getting hit and injured or do you think it was just like luck of the draw well you know i think in a way yes and no um i think um a lot of our plays were quarterback counters and that kind of thing but that was also when the read option game was almost just introduced you know oregon was doing it down south um auburn and that kind of thing and and we're implementing up here with like the the midline option that kind of stuff but um, it, was, it was almost uncertain at that point. You don't really, you know, but you don't know too much. Like you see Kaepernick when he was playing in, uh, in the NFL or whatever, and like all guys like that. So it, um, kind of, and then there was, there was times, you know, when you'd be, when you'd look at the play call and you'd be like, oh man, like my body's <laughs> sore right now. I'm not looking to take a whack. But, um, but you know, they did a good job though there at, uh, when I came back from my last year, um, just for my last, for my, sorry, yeah, my last, my senior year, and uh, we didn't really run the ball at all, as far as quarterback cold run. It was it was pretty much, um, it was myself just taking the ball that, just tucking the ball down and, and getting yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, so the last concussion was actually pretty. Was I was in the pocket and I got I took one right into the right into the chin. Right. Um, and that see, that's to me that's just, you know, that comes that wasn't dirty hit at all. That, that's football, man. Like I mean. If you know, if I didn't like that, I could be playing flag. Right? Yeah, yeah, I get you. It's football, and, and it happens a lot too. So, so yes and no. Um, play calling, yeah, maybe my third year, a little more um, pass oriented or a quick game, that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. but like I said, it's football. It's play calling. The read option was just getting kind of started with Tebow in the NFL and just finishing up and that kind of thing, right? So yeah, and Tebow's your boy, isn't he? Yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm, a, I'm a huge Florida Gator fan, right? So, <laughs> so I mean, I. Um, 
yeah, I used to want to be him all the time. I try to eat uh, spinach shakes and uh, four protein shakes a night, but uh, that uh, didn't really pan out. It didn't really end up being two seventy five or whatever. <laughs> you you kind of look like a man, <laughs> <laughs> just just in the just face. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, uh, certainly something to, you know, and, you know, you have to look at it from a Western kind of standpoint. For sure, you know, you have a quarterback who has the ability to take off and run. Like, there was a bunch of times where I can distinctly remember when you played against us, where you would take off and run, and it wasn't a designed play by any means, but you would get the first down, you get a touchdown, you do all these things with your legs, so it makes sense to try to turn that into a positive and turn that into a designed play. Um, yep. But it's just kind of the uh, the luck of the draw, I guess, and the ways you, you can get hit and um, those, exactly. those kind of things. But um, moving on past that, so you finished up your career at, at Western, moving on in the world, and then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Laurier is the one who calls you up and says, hey, we need a, a quarterback coach. Is that correct? Yeah, so I, yeah, we we linked up uh, Laurie and I, and and I knew Fault. Yeah, Fault there from uh, you know when I coming out of high school playing Team World, he's my quarterback coach, Team Canada, that kind of thing. So I I had a good uh, relationship with him, and uh, so he kind of got my foot in the door, I guess. So I really appreciate him kind of getting me to uh, that you know next step into coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely definitely learned a lot, especially being there because half the guys when I was there, I played I played against half the guys. The guy that I that, Ended my career was still playing. <laughs> so, oh, that's wow. awkward. <laughs> so, so, it was definitely, so it was definitely like a learning curve, right? But at the end of the day, even being there, I tell everyone this: no matter what school you're at or what you're, football, still football. Yeah. So as soon as you go on the field, you know what I mean. You pass the the white lines or whatever. You're just it's, it's football. I mean, plays are still called. Every offense runs pretty much the same thing in the in the OE way. Mm-hmm. Um, or very similar. It's just terminology and whatnot. So it's still football and. Uh, no, I just appreciate him giving me the, the chance to kind of get my foot in the door for sure. Perfect. Well, Will, so I got a question for you. Actually, I've looked into your camp yep. a little. It looks like you're trying to develop Canadian quarterbacks. I'm a huge fan of actually, we'll talk about Lair and only have you for a limited uh, number of time here, but I just kind of want to get into that camp a little bit and kind of want to learn how you're trying to push uh, the development of Canadian quarterbacks in Canada. Yeah, so it's so what we're doing now is um, it started off, I actually started my in my – uh, third year at Western, I was doing private quarterback coaching with local London quarterbacks. Um, and when I was doing that, it was the, the more and more I did it, the more I, um, well, I've always been a passion about the, the mechanics and, and throwing the football like that. Um, and so I started working with the kids, and it's, it's just something that was a passion of mine. Um, and then slowly started building its way up. Uh, my fourth year, I went down and spent time with uh, Tom House, who is Tom Brady and Drew Brees' quarterback coach. That's crazy. And so is that at USC? Um, Southern California, and it was this, the things I learned there just opened my eyes up. It shows you how behind we are up here as far from the quarterback perspective, the development standpoint. Like you know, down there, these guys are, it's the full holistic approach. They got nutrition, arm care, all this. They eat, sleep, and breathe football and playing and playing football. These guys are, their minds are always clear. They're ready to just get up, you know, take care of their shoulder and throw the ball. Um, and that, that's, that's the big thing, in all honesty. Like growing up, going to the camps and everything, that, that kind of triggered it. But what solidified me wanting to do this is that my fourth year, seeing all the, the way the pros do it is something that's like, you know, no one has or not many people have the opportunity to do that. So mm-hmm. um, so from there, that led me into um, the Laurier for the year and then Western last year, back as a quarterback who was there. Um, and then it slowly built its way up. 
private training, um, just doing the odd camp, and uh, there's been more buzz, social media, that kind of thing, and then slowly it just starts building its way up, and then eventually you look and you're like, wow, we're working with 50 guys, or, you know, that kind of thing, and then um, about probably last, probably a couple months ago, I reached out to uh, Josh Vanderweerd, who I'm sure you guys know too. Yeah, we know, um, we know of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a Mac guy, and we, so he played at Nelson, and, they, and then we, um, and he's a good receivers coach too at, at Nelson. I'm like, man, we can, you know, the stuff that we want to want to do is just all right in front of us. So me and him um, had actually our first quarterback receiver camp this past weekend. There was about 40 kids there, um, which is pretty solid, man. But that that is kind of the way, the way we're going. We want to be like a like Ontario kind of passing academy, have private quarterback training, private receiver training, um, small group camps in that in go that way and make it more of a, you know, bring that American style coaching into Canada from the grassroots level up. So that's kind of a, the, uh, the walk through every step right there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. And uh, you've got a whole bunch of camps that are scheduled to come up. Uh, so when's the next camp and where is it? Uh, right now. So we have our next uh, quarterback camp. It's called an aerial assault camp. Uh, it's our fourth year running it. It's March 24th to April 28th. Um, it's a, it's in Burlington six weeks. Um, just every Sunday, there's three groups, uh, 11 to one, one to three and three to five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that we have, um, in April, on April 6th in Guelph, we have a quarterback receiver camp, which is pretty killer. Um, and then it's just pretty much every month there's, there's something kind of happening there. So, um, it's all online at finchperformance.ca. So it's, it's hard to, uh, if you go on, there's all, all the info there. So. Beautiful, and that's finchperformance.ca, right? I'll, I'll make sure I that's post correct. that on the gram for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to plug that for you for sure. But uh, no one more quick question just before you, you have to leave here. Uh, you know, you're going through all of this uh, work with quarterbacks and with receivers, and I'm sure at some point you've got to have DBs in there, so you've got some you know proper uh, training and things. At some point, is the idea of being a coach, either you know offense coordinator, head coach, is that somewhere down the line for you? Um, it's it's funny. I I think about that all the time. Whether I want to you know stay as a uh, be a coach in Canada, like at a, at a university or something like that, and I don't really know. Like I um, believe it or not, I'm actually doing my police training right now to do oh, police, that's awesome. to do policing. So ideally, in a, in a perfect world, I'd, I'd get on somewhere um, and do my shifts there, and then just do my private coaching and my my camps because that's something I I love. I don't have to have any you know big ties in with anywhere so there's no there's no tension it's yeah. just i'm just there and i can help uh grow you know minor up to high school to oua to ncaa level talent and maybe eventually the pros so i mean that's ideally that's where i'd want to be but you never know things change all the time and opportunities come up and then that kind of thing so yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, uh, Will, I really wish you luck on everything. I hear the camps are going well. I hope they continue to get even better. Um, that was Will Finch, everybody. And once again, that's finchperformance.ca. And is there an Instagram or a Twitter account as well? Yeah, but it's all Finch Performance. If you go on Facebook, Instagram, uh, we just activated our Twitter. So we're trying to get the whole thing linked up and uh, lots of updates and that kind of thing. So. Beautiful. We will make sure to link everything in our uh, our social media pages as well. Will, just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Thanks, Will. That was Will Finch, everybody. Uh, he's hell of a guy. Great thing he's doing, too. Honestly, like I'm so for the development of Canadian quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I actually just had a conversation with a buddy on Friday. 
this guy is not a football fan at all, doesn't like sports or anything, but I was kind of explaining to him, imagine if someone in your class from, he goes to Guelph, this guy, imagine like someone in your Guelph class who you worked on a group project with was playing in the CFL at quarterback, the most prestige position. Would you not watch? Yeah. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't like football, but you know, if I knew the guy, yeah, I would watch. So like, I love that he's doing this. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a credible thing, especially for uh, you know Canadian quarterbacks, because you know in the CFL that's the one position that we don't have consistently. You know, we've had one guy here or there kind of thing, and you know if he hadn't have gotten injured, I think he could have put us finally on the map. You know. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when Will Finch was coming out of high school, he was going to be like the greatest Canadian quarterback ever. Uh, he went to Western, he was putting up crazy numbers and things, and then the injuries kind of came along. But if he doesn't get injured, I think he goes down as one of the greatest Canadian quarterbacks ever. 100%. I remember he was getting recruited to Western, still had Tyler Varga at the time, who ended up actually playing on the Indianapolis Colts. So yeah. when he got recruited there. I think Varga was still there for a bit, then Varga ended up going to Yale. Mm-hmm. Imagine defensive coordinators at that point. They were probably like, what are we going to do? They were probably running to their OCs going, hey guys, look, you're going to have to score like 50 points. Yeah, but this <laughs> is the thing. Like Western loses you know, Varga and then Finch has some injuries and things like that, and they're still doing that because then next up is uh, Chris Merchant or there's Justin Sanvito, and there's all of these unbelievable offensive talents that are coming out of Western that it's like, my gosh. Like as a coach, you're like, okay, Okay, you know, obviously we're hoping that Will Finch has a great recovery, but we don't have to deal with him. This is great. Oh, no, now this other kid just put up 700 yards of offense against us. This is great. You know what I mean? So uh, it's like the uh, the monster there of Western just keeps rolling, keeps rolling with all of these guys. It's crazy. Uh, but back into some more OUA coaching news. Uh, we're going to focus a little bit on the Guelph Griffins as of right now. Uh, Guelph just recently got a new head coach in Ryan Sheehan. Uh, Sheehan was the offensive assistant at Queens when they won the Vanier Cup in 2009. Uh, he actually spent some time in the Hamilton Tiger as well, and then was for the past four years the offensive coordinator at Calgary before coming here to Guelph. Um, so he's certainly got a, a long, um, prestigious kind of coaching record uh, with him. He's pumped out two Heck Crichton winners at uh, Calgary with Sinagra and Buckley, uh, who have both come out of Calgary. So he's, uh, he's very, very uh, worldly, I think, and he's got a great offensive mind. And even more impressive is that he brought on uh, Dennis McPhee as the defensive coordinator. Now, Matty, you've got some experience with Dennis, right? Yeah, actually, Dennis recruited me. actually came to my house when I was a lot younger trying to uh, get me to go to Western. He was the D-line coach over there. And uh, unfortunately, I had to tell him no. It was one of the hardest no's ever had to do in my life, but my heart was with McMaster at the time, so I had to turn him down. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, can you talk a little bit about you know Dennis and how he talked, or at least how his coaching styles were, or anything like that? Honestly, he was a very passionate guy. I mean, I never really saw his coaching style straight because again, I went to Mac over him, but he was a really passionate guy. I find he was. He honestly reminded me of like a gym teacher. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like just was passionate, could connect with the kids. You know, like found a way to like push you a little bit. Well. Didn't push me to Western, but he found a way. <laughs> yeah. We found, found a way to push me. So I thought he was a great guy. I think he came from. He was the Waterloo head coach yeah. before that, and then he came to Western. Then he only ended up staying at Western for a year, and then he went to the Tie Cats, mm-hmm. and he coached there. So 
I was actually, it kind of worked out, you know, I don't know what would have happened if I went there and he was only there for a year. So maybe my gut was just telling me, you know, you should go to Mac. Yeah, that's the one thing that's, you know, really uh, fortunate about us for sure is the consistency that we had at the coaching positions. Because uh, so many other people like Waterloo's coaches, obviously all gone. Guelph's coaches have changed a few times now. And there's uh, anytime that you can have a playing career, you want to be as consistent as you possibly can because you're working on the same uh, technique and the same kind of offense or defense, whatever you're doing. And so the more years you have at that, the better and better you get versus like um, even, I guess, you know, I'm speaking strictly from an offensive standpoint at, at McMaster because defensive guys, when you came in, they, you had what, like, Three different defensive coordinators? Well, two really, because we had Knox my first year, yeah. and then we had Ibo, and then we had Knox again. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just all over the place. It yeah. was like, oh, this, I actually, when I was at Mac, I never had the same playbook twice. Wow. Yeah. My first year, I had Knox, I was on defense. Second year, I had Ivan, I was on defense. And I got moved over to offense. Yeah. I was like, man, give me a break. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I, I, speaking strictly from an offensive standpoint, I completely forgot about our, our defensive uh, brethren. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's Thanks, crazy. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of tweets uh, at me for, from some of our former uh, former players, and they're going to be pretty pissed off. But uh, that's the way she goes, as Sean Smith would say. Yeah, good old Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, what would you say, uh, just strictly from a uh, player point, was the biggest differences between uh, Knox and Kevin Ivan's defense? The X's and O's, yeah. hands down. Honestly, like Knox, just the stuff he ran was way more complicated. I found Ivan was more of like a, he was more of a motivator. He was more of a positional coach, in my opinion. Like he was a great linebacker in the CFL. Mm-hmm. I felt like if he was a linebacker coach, he would have been a lot better. I don't think he really knew the whole picture as well. He knew just one position, whereas I felt like Knox knew the whole picture and just knew everything inside and out. And plus, to Ivan, too, that was his first year coaching. So there was honestly a huge disparity between the coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also look at, you know, how they played and the positions that they played. Obviously, he was a linebacker himself. He knew the linebacker position better than anything versus Knox, who was uh, a safety who most of the time you need to know what everybody's doing in front of you, certainly from a coverage standpoint, and then learning the front seven and how guys are blitzing or twists and things like that, I think is easier than trying to figure out a brand new like coverage scheme and things like that. At least uh, that's what it seems like to me. You could you could probably speak uh, better to that. Yeah, I also felt Ivan really just relied on athleticism. Yeah. Like he's like, you know what? I'm just going to let these guys go play. Whereas Knox is like, no, we're going to do things this way. We're going to make sure we're gap sound. Everyone's the right place the right time so I remember learning Ivan's defense was definitely a lot less stressful than learning Knox's defense, let me tell you. And speaking of Knox, he actually uh, just took a coaching job at Alberta. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Knox, who uh, we were talking about on the last show, who was fired from McMaster, um, has now just received a new defensive coordinator position at the University of Alberta, the Golden Bears. Yep. Um, so he's going to be out west. I. It was only a matter of time before he picked up another position. Um, you know, whatever you have to say about his his play style or how he, you know, speak to people, he is an unbelievable coach. And Alberta will now be a contender just because he is there for sure. I 100% agree. And I'm really glad Alberta is an academic school because they're going to need to have some smart football players in order to learn <laughs> yeah. his defense, let me tell you. Yeah, absolutely. But he will he will 
naturally just generate a certain kind of player towards him. Um, and I think he's going to get start to get the best defenses or the best defensive players in uh, the Canada West. And he may come out to uh, Ontario as well and do some recruiting there as well because uh, the one thing that you can say for him, it's strange that he had you know so much um, kind of conflicting uh conflict we'll just say um between the players and himself because he is an unbelievable recruiter you know so half the defense that was there between you know your Steven Ventreska's uh your Nick Shorthills or Ramishio Ryan Chamalewski all of these guys who are unbelievable defensive players came because of Knox and he put together championship defenses and you know, 2011, 2012, 2014, Yates Cup, and we go to the Vanier all three years that he was there. So it's no no secret that he is a phenomenal recruiter, and I'm sure he's going to continue that at Alberta. He had half of Toronto playing for us. is insane. You look, I remember at Prax, you look around our field, and like, man, like, he just pretty much brought, like, all of Durham region Toronto with him. The guy was insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, a like, a technique in the way, like, he gets Nick Shorthill. Nick Shorthill was a really big name. He's from that King City area um, out in Toronto kind of thing. And then guys start talking, oh, Shorthill's over here. We need to go over here. Or it's the same kind of thing in Burlington with Chris Pizzetta. Pizzetta goes to McMaster. Oh, Pizzetta went there. We need to go there because that's going to be a good team. You know what I mean? Like, starts to create a buzz. I 100% agree with that because actually I remember when Nick Shorthill was getting recruited, people said he actually went to one of Nick's games. Knox very rarely goes to it, goes to anyone's yeah. games, <laughs> but he got he knew if I get this one guy to come, word of mouth going to get around, more people are going to come. So you know what? That's just called a Working smart, not hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he was, uh, um, obviously he put together phenomenal teams and uh, it's really shown through uh, how well we've been doing and he's going to continue doing that at Alberta and it's just going to uh, continue that of state of excellence. Although somebody needs to take the bullet and just go out east and try to help them out because they're, it seems like they're getting worse and worse every year. I know, man. It's it's really bad there. Honestly, remember I was reading um, some debates about if changing the whole playoff format and the yeah. CIS to, you know, we should just have a national playoff. And they were saying we're not going to include the East Coast. The AUS, you know, maybe like we'll treat them like Notre Dame they do in the NCAA. Like if they're ranked so high they get in, it's like this is getting bad. Yeah. They need to get some help out there. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you who don't know, I think the past two or three years um, in the championships, so everyone who wins their conference – then those four conferences, the two teams will play off against each other, and the, whoever the two teams uh, come out that win play in the national championship. But the past three years, any team that's gone out to play against the AUS has won like seventy-eight to nothing. It's been pretty ugly. Yeah, and it's and it's not even because they're running up the clock. Like in a offensive game or in the CFL where you only have three downs. Obviously, it's going to be a huge pass-heavy offense because you need to move the ball. You need to move quickly. Western, I don't think in the second half, passed the football once, and they still put up like 40 points. It's just like there needs to be an entire revamp on everything that goes on out in Halifax because either the players that they're getting out there are just not the same kind of caliber that they are in the and everywhere else, or the coaches aren't doing a good enough job to make sure that they're getting the best possible players. 
You know what I mean? I think too, it ties back into a lot of like money issues. Sure. Cause I mean, when you look at Mount Allison, I mean, I remember when we were playing them our year in mm-hmm. 2014, we were just watching them on film. We saw the field they played on. It, it honestly looked like a high school. Field. Oh yeah. So to get players to come, I mean like, you know, Mac Western, all the teams out in Ontario and go look at our facilities. I mean, you know, touched on Guelph, like look at our jerseys, all this stuff mm-hmm. at Mount Allison. It was like, Oh, look at this, uh, this hill you know <laughs> look at this like flip scoreboard like it's, it's really tough but you know for what they had they did really well the years we were there so you know kudos to mount a for doing great with what they had yeah absolutely um and that once again that goes back to the coaches i think the coaches are a huge huge um influence into how they're going to get players and which players they're going to get because i remember at mount allison they had a defensive tackle from hamilton who was like an all-star he was an all-canadian pretty sure out there um and you know he left hamilton area with mcmaster at the time we you know we had we were uh obviously coming up in the in the world but 2011 2012 when he would have got recruited we were the national champions or the repeat yates cup champions so he decided to leave here and go out there so you know they did something right and I know back in the day, they had a big um, recruiting ploy because from like 2000 to 2004, St. Mary's was the ones in the Vanier Cup and they won two or three of them because they could give athletic scholarships where Ontario couldn't. And that's how they, you know, really piped players out there. And so if you have to give them some kind of an advantage like that, then maybe you do that so that you can kind of even the playing field. Because now it's just like three conferences that are battling it out. And whoever gets the AUS is like an automatic bid to the Vanier Cup. I know 100%. I remember even too, even talking to guys around McMaster in 2011 when they won the Vanier Cup. They said, you know, if we played the AUS in the semi, if we didn't play the AUS in the semifinal that year, we might have not as been successful. Like we had to go to Calgary, play in the snow, you know, take a beating, and then have to go play Laval. You know, the result might have not been the same. You know, Laval was probably a little bit worn down from their their uh, semifinal against the Canada West because they started that Vanier Cup really slow. So the result might have been different. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, the crazy thing is as well, and that 2011 year, because I remember because that was my first year going into the rankings, we were ranked number four. And Acadia was ranked higher than us. They were actually expected to beat us. Really? Yeah. Which is I, the, certainly the last time that ever happened. Yeah, that was done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's uh, just about all the time that we have for this edition of the show. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned in. Thanks again to Will Finch, who called in on the show. Um, next week, we'll be doing the same kind of thing. So yeah. please tune in to 93.3 CFMU. We appreciate everything. Matty, you got anything else to say? No, I'm good. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you, Will Finch. Uh, finchperformance.ca. Everyone, look him up. Yeah, absolutely. That kid's going places. And if you want your players to go with them, I highly suggest you check that out. Thanks once again and tune in next week.